0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Under the Lights. This week we're going to be having a look at the national team. Well, with the postponement of the Euros due to the coronavirus, we're going to have a look at how it impacts the England's chances of getting some silverware. My name is Tom Murray. And
1: my name is Karl Wilson and this is Under the Lights.
0: So, welcome to this next episode of Under the Lights. We're in it for the long haul. It's another three weeks of lockdown, at least. Callum, are you keeping sane? The weather's nice, but how 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 are you coping so far?
1: Um, okay, yeah. The weather's come back out today. Last couple of days weren't great, but I've I've been fortunate enough to be able to work um, as we're going through this. So that's I've sort of kept a routine. Obviously, it's completely different. Not going in. Um, a lot of key workers that we're grateful for doing their bit, and then everyone that's um. Staying home and, and saving lives. But I've um managed to get my uh, hair cut, not not particularly. You won't be able to see there, but I've got to the point where it, it needed cutting. So we've tried to do something with it, but it's. Uh, I think it's going to need another another trim. One of the very few fresh uh, world problems that we're we're bit facing at the moment. How are you doing? You were you weren't feeling too great, but a bit better today.
0: Yeah, I felt a bit un- under the weather. Um, I think it must have been hay fever and it sort of hit me for six, but um, I'm okay. I think next week they're going to try and get us, my work are going to try and get us working from home and they're actually uh, planning on getting us started on Tuesday, which is in fact my birthday. So that's a great birthday present from them. Thank you very much for getting me on, uh, on the calls as it were. Really looking forward to that. But aside from that, uh, enjoying the weather whilst it whilst it's nice, as you said, it hasn't been too great for the past couple of days. Felt a bit, a uh, bit iffy, but back seemingly back to full strength. And uh, so, what's it today that we're going to be discussing? Looking at the looking at the football,
1: um, a, a little bit of an international uh, perspective today. Um, obviously, the news in the last month or so that the uh, the Euros aren't going ahead in twenty twenty, which is obviously disappointing, um, but. Scheme of things, the, the correct decision, and there are a lot of uh, a lot more important things going on at the moment. And also, it sounds like over that time we'll still get a little bit of a football fix and maybe even a festival of football uh, in terms of the domestic Premier League competition. So, um, all the football fans might have something, but it's been delayed for exactly a year, so it's going to be in June 2021, um, and. It's just interesting, I was thinking uh, not too long ago about how that affects England's chances, obviously, um, not the host nation, but hosting the semi-finals and the finals, as well as games along the way. Um, a great World Cup that we've uh, we've come off of just two years ago. It doesn't seem like two years ago, does it? Uh, and then um, going into it, considered potentially one of the favourites, but still not, not the favourites for me. Is it a positive or is it a negative from an England point of view? Will we be
0: more ready or in a better position in 2021, or, or could could we be in a in a worse position? I think that obviously I still can't believe that it's been two years already since that uh, since that World Cup. What I remember about that World Cup is the heat back here it was absolutely amazing. Like you would actually spend more time inside because it was just like energy sapping outside, and uh, did see the picture on, I think it was, must have been Facebook of like, I still can't believe Kane didn't square it. Who knows what would have happened if he had squared it to Sterling. But it was a great tournament, nevertheless. Yeah, yeah, we had an easy run, but you can only beat what's put in front of you. And, you know, England did really well. It was absolutely fantastic. There might be that festival, festival of football this summer with the domestic season. be interesting to see how that pans out. In answer to your question, there's a lot of points that I think you need to go through, of whether it will weaken or whether it enhance England. You've got to think of England themselves maybe other nations in it we're going to focus on focus on England but I don't think it's a question that you can give a simple yes or no answer there's going to be positives going to be negatives from a player's point of view what do you what would what would you be thinking in terms of how that year postponement is going to affect the affect the team honestly
1: I've, 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 had, a, I've had a good think about it and I think there are probably actually more positives for England um to to have another year before this tournament because I feel that the the squad and the team um, will be a lot better and a lot... um, In terms of depth, but also in terms of quality um, of the top players, I think we'll we'll be in a better position in a year's time. In my my opinion, the players, the main players, the main front players, um, Sterling, Rashford and Kane from the World Cup, I, I think this... Was isn't this would have come too soon for them? I mean, Rashford and Kane mainly because of their fitness. We all saw what happened when Kane uh, was rushed back for the Champions League final uh, against against Liverpool a year ago. That was um, he, he made it, and he may well have made it, and Rashford may well have made it for the World Cup, and they would have been fit, but they wouldn't have been match fit. And I think for those two players, that would have been a problem for England. Um, and the other one is Sterling. I feel like he's he's not been anywhere near the level that he was at last season, I think if he played at the end of last season in this national tournament, he, we've been going into it with um, with some real potential with, with Raheem Sterling to, to really dominate that tournament and be one of the top players there. So in, in, in that respect, in terms of our top, top players next season, obviously we don't know who's going to be injured and what's going to happen towards it at the end of ne- uh, next season. But I can't see those three being um, in more of a... a difficult position to perform at a major tournament than it would have been this season
0: what do you think I, I completely agree I think especially with Harry Kane it gives him chance to recover obviously we don't know if he's going to get you know when football starts again maybe I don't know let's hypothetically right. say on the first day of the or season he then does his cruciate ligaments you just don't know what he's got what's going to happen but I feel that Kane would have been in the England squad nevertheless no matter how far back like how close he was to a Full fitness. Obviously, if he couldn't play a single match, then no, he wouldn't be in. But if they were trying to really rush him, it could be more detrimental to England's chances because he's such a key player for us, top scorer at the 2018 World Cup. So, you know, you wouldn't want to leave him out. And then if you're playing him for the sake of the fact that it's Harry Kane up front, then you could do more detriment to the attacking player. I agree with Raheem Sterling. He hasn't been at the top of his game. I think that given sort of another uh, another year we're given more chance to find his feet again and of course Marcus Rashford come back from injury but it also gives more chance for other players other more other promising youngsters to make the step up as well you think another attacking player Jaden Sancho he's going to have another year of the Bundesliga under his belt maybe even the Premier League depending on what happens between them but he's going to have another year to mature and to to, to develop himself and we know he's an he's been He's fastly becoming a world-class talent. And if he stays at Dortmund, then, you know, he's playing with top players. If he comes over to England, it's going to be to one of the really big clubs and that can only benefit him. And if he does, it's just going to give him more experience and make him more of a threat next summer, I think. Yeah, It's an interesting point you make um, in terms of we'll go on to some more youngsters that I feel will progress in the next year. And it's better for them to play in 2021. But you mentioned Sancho and another player that I'd throw into that. Um, into that debate is Jeff Grealish
1: and actually um, I I look at it from a slightly different point of view it sounds to me like the two of those are going to be with new clubs next season big clubs obviously Dortmund are a big club already um, but uh, you know Manchester United or Real Madrid sound like they might sign Jadon Sancho Uh, Grealish sounds like he might be going to Manchester United as well as does everyone We'll, we'll see but I just worry a little bit um, that now is a great time for those two players having had probably the seasons of their, well, definitely the seasons of their lives to play in a Euros. They would have been uh, in a great position now. But I just wonder if Sancho or Grealish go to a Real Madrid or they go to a Manchester United, it's not going to be an instant impact. I don't think they're necessarily going to, well, Sancho would walk straight into the Man United team and probably Grealish, but say Sancho went to a Real Madrid, uh, he'd, He'd probably be on on the bench a fair bit. They they blood him into it gradually. Um, and and Grealish and Sancho and going to Man United. How many players have we seen who've been brilliant to go to Man United in the last four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years maybe this decade and um, or certainly since Fergie left. And uh, and they've just kind of lost their way. Uh, Grealish wouldn't be the main man. I don't think Sancho would be able to tear up the Premier League immediately. In, a, in that Man United team like he has been in the Bundesliga with Dortmund so this time next year they might not both have the sort of impact on the numbers that they're getting this year and they might have just lost a bit of momentum because also first season at a new club finding your way you're not comfortable you're playing a different style as well Greenwich probably knows what everyone build is going to do um, and I'm just, I just I just wonder if uh, we might not have that raw talent of those two um, come twenty twenty one and although, they're, although they
0: others still have that ability, will they be coming off of a season that they've just had? I mean there is the chance, like you said, that moving to a bigger club they could actually improve immediately. But we've seen a lot of times that, that isn't always the case. Absolutely, I mean you, you make a good point with how Man United especially recently play good players have gone there and have not fulfilled their potential. On the other hand, you could have it if Sancho were to go to a place like Real Madrid, yeah, Madrid have seemed to have a bit of a knack of buying some top players and then putting on the bench. There was a lot of hype around Jovic and he hasn't done anything. Hazard um, has been a bit of a disappointment over there. But then you got on the other hand, what if Sancho were to go to Real Madrid or Manchester United and suddenly he has an even better season, he performs, and then he's on the crest of an even bigger wave going into the Euros. So it's a case of good season bad season either one could really enhance or like really put down england's chances so it, it, i think there's too many like ifs and buts and maybes i think another player that we could look at um because we've been focusing on attacking players but defensively i think another season playing top like football um for, for kai tomori could really enhance England's backline. I mean, he's a fantastic player. He's Chelsea are going to continue going with the youth whilst Lampard's in charge. Yeah, they can buy players now, but I don't think that Lampard is suddenly going to be to the young players. Look, we've got money now. You can you can go on loan. Tomori has shown that he's a f- cracking centre back, and you know another year playing top top flight football, European football as well. Depending on how you know Chelsea finish the season, that can only be a good thing for England, surely. Yeah,
1: and actually, you, um, I, I wondered where you're going with that because I've got a very similar point. Um, but for Joe Gomez, cause, uh, I think that is the position where England, I think that would be the, the one position that would make me feel that England wouldn't win that tournament is that going forward, we've got so many options. Um, in midfield, we have options too. Maybe a holding midfielder uh, isn't nailed down. Uh, Declan Rice, Harry Winks, both had the shirt for a bit. Henderson has played there. <laughs> but I think the fullbacks are sorted. I think Aaron Maguire is obviously going to play there, and then there's that one other position next to him, and I think Stones had it for a bit, but he um, obviously he didn't have the greatest of times in, in a number of games, especially at Nations League, he was fantastic at the World Cup, but again, he isn't playing for Man City, and Gomez started the season on the bench as fourth choice, even behind... Um, Lofferin and, and Joel Matic. So he, I was I was thinking then with the with the coming towards the end of season, who is going to play next to Maguire? I can't see that there's anyone who's who's really demanding that number five shirt. And then Gomez got his run in the team around Christmas time and and for the rest of the season. Obviously, is playing next to the best centre back in the world, and one of the best and the best teams, and probably one of the best managers at the moment. So another season, a full season for Joe Gomez playing in a team um, that is winning trophies can only benefit England. And I agree with what you're saying with Tomori as well, in terms of another option and some strength and depth. He's learning and obviously learning at a much faster rate because he's younger and he's gaining so much experience so quickly. in Chelsea, another season for him would be fantastic as well. Another position actually that, um, that leads me on to speak about is the goalkeeping position because at the moment Jordan Pickford is obviously Southgate's man in a great World Cup part of that team and I think Southgate will want to sort of keep a lot of those players and that um, that kind of camaraderie and team spirit together from the World Cup however if someone like a Pope or a Henderson has another season like they've just had then they could cement their place uh, as England's number one and on the other hand
0: and, and what i what I'm hoping would happen is that Pickford puts the season behind him that he's just had. It hasn't been an awful season, it just hasn't been one of his best. I I think he's quite error-prone, certainly this season. Um, Goalkeepers, when they make errors, that normally leads to a goal, but as he showed at the World Cup, he, he, he can be brilliant in between the sticks, so it all depends. As I said, another season for him to just put that behind him could again be another positive for England. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think also next season there's potential Ancelotti has come in and he's, he's obviously going to have come in to, to have some of the promises of funds to spend. Um, they should kick on next season. And if uh, Pickford stays there as the number one, which I think he should, uh, he'll be playing with better players around him and in a team's winning more games and we might see an upturn in, in, um, in performances for him. One of the main reasons that I think next year is, is a good time for England is we've already got a young squad. And I don't see there being any players that um, won't play next season because of age or won't play the Euro 2021 because it's a year later. So your oldest players that maybe got there are uh, almost experienced, so like, maybe like a Henderson. Um, and he's, he's not going anywhere for us. I mean, he's in Premier League, almost title winner Champions League last year I mean he's playing you know, he's, he's been talked about as, um, as one of the players to, to win the PFA player of the season so that's sort of one of the things we haven't got anyone that might be past their peak or might might be too old but what we have got I'll just reel off a few names that I've thought of and, and chuck in any that, that you can think of the top of your head but uh, Will Greenwood and Manchester United Phil Foden who is supposedly stepping in for David Silva um, when he retires at the end of this season, so should get a lot more playing time. And I think that's all that Southgate's waiting for to give him an excuse to put him in the team. Uh, Hudson-Odoi, who did come into that team, and we had uh, options of Sancho, Adoy, Rashford and Sterling, sort of four wingers, with Kane up front, and, and now Abraham, sort of mouthwash, an and I did And he was getting in the team, playing well for England, but. Got that injury, he'll be back in. Um, and even the players like Harvey Barnes, who are, are really progressing, um, I think we might have a stronger and even younger side to choose from this time next season if those players are managed uh, managed yeah. properly. Because I think they're all super talented, and they will be future
0: England players. Even then, you got the likes of Mason Mount, who's going to continue being part of the Chelsea setup next season. He's, he's had a really good season and another another year of experience, again, playing more European football. The, I mean, that, that's a name that keep, keeps cropping up for me. I think you're right. The likes of the, when you talked about the goalkeepers, the likes of Henderson, the likes of Pope. Henderson, especially, you know, a young player to come in. And, you know, Hudson O'Doy, he's, he's going to have another year of experience under his belt. And that can only be good for England I think on the negative side of things they're going to have as positive as positive as we can sound say like it all depends on what kind of season they were to have um maybe Phil Foden I, I I highly doubt it but if he wasn't able to uh perform at Manchester City if Chelsea were to struggle next season again it's unlikely but it could happen I think in terms of any any in terms of players that could potentially be missing out I know it's a bit of a bias being a Southampton fan, but you're looking at player form Danny Ings will be going and would have been going into the euros in very good form yes he's not when you look at the premier league strikers you don't think he doesn't stand out as one of england's most technical players but in terms of finishing it finishing a chance in the box he's been fantastic he's been on a run and of course he if he if the euros were to be this year uh he would have gone in Full of high hopes It would have been He would have been nailed on To be in the squad I think There would be a lot of Up for if he weren't Especially when he is One of the highest scorers In the in the Premier League And whether he can replicate That form next season It, it really depends uh, Who knows Shay Adams might score But you know That's that That, that is a big if
1: I love And players like him Yes, every season you'll have someone who you don't expect at the beginning of the season to be in contention. then gets some form in a season of their life in terms of um, having the impact for a potential, let's say, on whether England win the competition. I don't think form necessarily. I mean, you know, he could come off the bench in the final and score the winner because we need a goal, but actually affecting the side and a, and a championship winning team I think you've got to look more at those players that are going to be consistently playing they're at the top of their game the Sterlings the Canes the Rashfords um, rather than those players that might get in on merit for having a good season but would still be third choice striker potentially if they got in um, yeah so in terms of we're talking about players who are uh, on the young side and are coming through to get some first team experience I also feel that um, Chilwell and person who have got experience to a point and have some international experience now will only become better players um, for having Champions League experience and I fully really expect Leicester to qualify for that next season if they qualify for the group stages and then they're playing at that level quite consistently then they will become better players as well so we're not only talking about players um, who are maybe playing Thursday nights in Europa League or maybe playing in cup games for the big sides uh, coming in and playing a bigger part. We're also talking about the players who are already having good seasons and already established um, or establishing themselves in in the England team who will actually get to that next level as well. I think Joe Allen Madison from a a Leicester point of view much like I suppose uh, Mount and Abraham, from a Chelsea point of view, although they're always in the Champions League,
0: those boys haven't been. So they've had a taste of that this season, and potentially could again next. Yeah, and one player that's actually just leapt into my head, maybe maybe more related more to that point about whether they're just in a big side playing um, in like on Europa League nights or on playing in cup games. But Arsenal Saka as a as has come along quite nicely, and I think. He's just another young player who, you know, he's been a bit in and out of the Arsenal team, but that's due to maybe his inexperience. And obviously they've had a lot of fixtures. Um, but he's shown that he's an absolutely fantastic player. he scored got a cracking goal at Bournemouth in the FA Cup. There's a sign of things to come. He's quite a versatile player. He can play attacking, but he can also be quite defensive on that left side. But then England sort of have... Um, a plethora of of attacking wingers at the moment. It's probably the one area that England don't need any more players because they have so many to choose from. Um,
1: I'm thinking from a, from a full-back perspective, because since Arteta came in, he's sort of converted him to, uh, to a left-back, not even a left-wing-back at times, which seems quite strange. Arteta's gone with that pep out-of-the-box thinking, kind of philosophy of moving players around and you, you read a team sheet and you don't know where players are playing when Arteta first takes over. But mm. even playing at left-back and I suppose you've got Chilwell, uh but not many options after that. In fact, you've got so many right-backs. I could see someone like a Trippier or a one of Saka maybe even playing over there. But thinking of that actually, that maybe this might be the season where Luke Shaw can stay fit, probably not likely. But we saw at the beginning of I think at the beginning of this season, um, and, and during those Nations League games, and I remember him playing against Spain. I think, um, and and he was one of the best players. We're really
0: seeing the Luke Shaw that we know um, is is international quality. It's just it's just fitness and uh, and staying fit. And if he does this coming season, as he hasn't this season, then that will be a player that um, that England wouldn't have had for Euro 2020, but that's a big if with, with Luke Shaw. I mean, for him, it would probably be, what, attempt 7 at, start, at having a completely full fit season. I mean, what he does have on his side is he is still quite a young player. Um Well, youngish, 24, 25. So I, I feel sorry for him because I think, especially when he was at Saints, he was a cracking player, came through... Uh, he was thrown into the side by Nigel Lankins when Saints had to rely on Danny Fox at left back in the Premier League, whose positional awareness was that of a cucumber. And, you know, he threw Luke Shaw in and he played really, really, really well. He did deserve that move to Manchester United, whether he went too soon. yes. No, he has he has been a good form at Man United at times, but it's that fitness and whether he can actually fit into the side. Hose. And Mourinho certainly had a few things to say about him, at, and so did Louis Van Gaal. So, I really hope that he can kick on next season. It'd be great to see him push himself into the the England setup, and you know if he can, he's a very he's a very good player when he can stay fit, and he is still one of the best left backs in the Premier League when he can be fit and he is on the top of his game.
1: Yeah, I'm just. Uh trying to process the comparison of Danny Fox to a, to a cucumber based on positional awareness that was no one's thrown me. Um, yeah, I think, uh, in, yeah, I mean, I I'm not going to harp on that, i sure, too much. I, I, I rate him from his time at Saints and I just want to see him progress in that potential. But what would be good is that he, um, if he does play well and then Chillwell well, gets that Champions League experience and carries on doing what he's doing, then suddenly at fullback, we've got two or three players that could easily start for, for England um, and really good competition that I'd hope we'd maybe have in, in all areas, including holding midfield and centre-back, um, and in goal to, to, to a point uh, by the end of 2021. Those, those are all my sort of positives. We touched on one of the negatives. Well, for me, Grealish, Sancho, new clubs, but you've obviously put a positive spin on that as well. So. Um, we'll, we'll have to see. You can't. You can't really tell. It depends. Well, one point I'll say, and I do think that actually there are a lot more positives than negatives for, for this being moved year. Um So one of the things I was thinking is that I, I can't see Liverpool equaling the form that they've had this year. I can't see anyone equaling the form that they had this year. I mean, they lost one game and drew one, and then won everything else. Um, in a league, from a league point of view, and there, there are quite a few players. You think of Gomez, um, Trent, Henderson, you know, in the box When he plays, so there are quite a few players in that um, team that are English. And right now, if this sort of hadn't all happened, and, and Liverpool by now probably would have won the Premier League, could there have been a better time for someone like Henderson or someone like? Trent Alexander Arnold to be playing for England. Um, really, just uh, you almost feel in, invincible at this at this point because Alexander Arnold has barely been in the team for two seasons. In terms of breaking through, he's he's still young and he's he's down to I think nailed on to be the Premier League's Young Player of the Year. Um, he wasn't he wasn't he on the Shortlist for the Ballon d'Or or something like that. Like he's he's having a season of of his life, which is only based on two seasons. But hopefully, it will get better. But the likes of him and Anderson, they could have just won the Premier League. They
0: could be on cloud nine, and they're going international international tournament, playing the best football of their career, and um, and taking that positivity and that kind of mental attitude of being the best um,
1: next season, surely. Although they could they could win another trophy and they could win the Premier League again. Surely they're not gonna be as um, dominant as they have been in this nineteen twenty season.
0: Well they'd have to go some way to, you know, better what they've done this season. Wait, like the, so these these guys are at the top of at the top of their game It'd take a lot for them to get even even higher in terms of form, uh, actual technical ability. So there is that there is that negative of how you know England are missing out on these players who are coming back off, you know the seasons of their lives. They'd have to recreate it again next season to get that momentum. But you think that the way that Klopp manages Liverpool, you think of the players that they have, the players that they may sign, and we we say that you know, they could have a they could have a bad season. But the way that Liverpool are going, you don't actually. Know when they're going to.
1: I'll that from Manchester City. view last season. We had the same conversation about Sterling. Um, maybe Stones was playing in that in that team a lot. That that managed to get over those two seasons. Got 198 points. Um, I can't think of any other English players off the top of my head straight away. But certainly Sterling um, to, and, and Stones to a point last season would have been the perfect time for for Sterling to have a tournament, as I said. But also, you'd be looking at Manchester City after those two seasons and saying they're going to be on the top of the mountain for how long? I I know uh, Liverpool only finished a point behind them, and they were fantastic. And obviously, what they're doing this season, they're they're like the new man City, and and we've seen how much City have dropped off. So it takes um, a real character, and I think they've got that in Jurgen Klopp but um, some real character on the pitch to be able to win that Premier League, that, and especially for, for Liverpool and waiting how long to win the Premier League, to do it, but then to refocus and do it again. Um, mm. thats less that said all the time, isn't it? Especially with Fergie, it's one thing getting to the top, but there's another thing staying there. Um, but yeah, if, if a negative is, is that um, this season Liverpool are the best team in the world, and some of their players are English, then maybe a clutch in his jaws a little bit uh, in terms of those English players maybe not being as good next season. I mean, I'm still excited for what Alexander Arnold's going to do going forward, because he's still young, he's going to improve. So, hopefully those players come 2021 will still be at that level, if not better.
0: You'd like to think that. And one, one point I, I want to make, um, we're speaking about England's chances, but... Surely, what all the points we can be saying about how England, they can be better prepared for next year. They can have their best players coming back from injury. Younger players are going to have more experience. Surely this applies to all of the other top nations as well uh, going into the Euros. I mean, we talk about Henderson, we talk about Alexander-Arnold, but then you've got Wijnaldum and Van Dyke. Yes, Holland are not going well, the Netherlands are not going to be maybe as much favourites as England would be, but these are still two World class players who've had some sensational seasons. Van Dyke, it's going to take a lot for him to have a poor season, the way he just strolls around the pitch and just knows exactly where to be at the right time. As we say, it's the world's best defender. And arguably, I think he's one of the world's best players overall. Um, obviously, it's quite hard to topple the two who are at the very top, but Van Dyke is probably the best bet at doing that. He's gonna... Other than that, though, I don't, I don't think there are many European
1: players in that team. Oh, there are there quite a lot of African players, Brazilians? But I'm just thinking of their best 11 and maybe a few squad players after that. I mean, Robertson, if, if Scotland get there. But other than that, yeah, they're from Cameroon, Egypt, Brazil, Senegal. Um, they're quite a few Brazilians actually. So, so really, yeah, a whole from that point of view. But that's just Holland and England. And right now, Liverpool are the best team in the world, and they're an English team, and um, they're represented by quite a few English players. So, hopefully, those English players will still be in the form that they're in yeah. and the mindset that they're in um, at the end of next season, as they as they were when when this season temporarily or permanently finished um, what would uh, one other point i would make and this is this is less player related but but sort of circumstantial really are, um i'll we'll start i'll start with with this one because I, I i didn't know if this would be a positive or a negative i'm interested to know what your thought is on it um the momentum of the World Cup was obviously a massive thing and I think actually we're, we're still playing off that from an international perspective I think um, more people are interested in watching friendlies more people are interested in the whole Southgate Kane um, that team and, and where we are now compared to where we were for the last 20 years I think that momentum was still there and I can see that potentially being lost by having such a long break from football and international football um, because it's all the talk me about the league and why the league's not happening no one cared that the friendly with Italy was cancelled or anything like that and I just think the longer you go without that team being together will they lose a bit of that um, camaraderie having not seen each other for a long time will will the nation kind of lose it and, and obviously the, the team will they that crest of a wave might have f- filtered out the other way you could look at it is um, that we're going to have a whole other year, I don't know what's going to happen in internationals, but say say a whole other season of um, international football whereby there are no qualifiers. Now, does that mean less international games or does that just mean more hand-picked friendlies whereby you're not having to play uh, Azerbaijan, in a non-game a a non-contest but something you have to do to qualify for a tournament when you could be playing France uh, away or Germany and really testing yourself because I think that's what England need to do I think in the World Cup and before that we're okay against um, a lot of the smaller teams I know Iceland happened, but we we could really do a test on ourselves and especially that defence against a, a run of good teams and you get that by not having a, a year of qualifiers, so so what what do you make of those two points? Which do you think uh,
0: is is the most impactful? Is there is there, do you have another take on? It? Well, personally, I can't wait for England against Azerbaijan um, after no football. I think I'd take England against Andorra at the moment. Um, the main point is when football eventually does come back, and that leaves how long you have, how long do you have to complete? Um, let's call this season season one, and then how far do you get through season two? Obviously, there's the plan potentially to try and finish it by the end of June, July, etc. Around that time, but obviously, we're now into another fresh three weeks. We don't until a vaccine is found. It's going to be very difficult to have large sporting events. So we're in uncharted territory in that, in that point of view. Let's hypothetically let's say that the season that football were to commence say in October hypothetically you've then got nine months to finish the domestic season i think in that time if you want to try and complete that season before european competition and then have enough time for the national teams to come together between the season finishing and the international competition then you've probably got to limit the number of friendlies um that you have obviously you've got to, obviously you've got to have all the qualification done we've still got those playoffs that need sorting out maybe maybe limit it to a couple of international breaks cuz you're going to have to try and get uh these games finished in time for for the European championship and then of course you have the point of maybe without the international breaks our players going to be more at risk for playing so many games in such in such a short space of time i think in terms of in terms of camaraderie i think that the nation is going to be so pleased when football is back they're going to be so happy to be together, to start playing again. That's going to be fantastic. And it will also mean that if football does come back, then the whole nation is going to be feeling a lot better because it means that, you know, we're at a stage where social gatherings can happen.
1: And that'll be a worldwide thing, won't it? I mean, yeah. that'll be the same for everyone. Yeah, From, from England's point of view, um, I haven't had the most successful period or, or the first time anyone's thought football was coming home for 24 years I oh, no, that's from now, isn't it? Yeah, 22 years. Um, I, think, I think there's a chance that might fizzle out. I don't know about you, but I suppose your point on the, on the, the lack of qualifiers, meaning more friendlies, that might even be the case because you've got to fit everything in. Um, that kind of touches on, on the last point that I made, the potential negative. Um, although I suppose it could be spun as positive, is we don't know when the season, season two, as you said, um, the twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one season. When that will start, and therefore when it will end, um, and and the main point. Obviously, you've mentioned when it ends. Does anyone get a break, and then how long do England get together before a tournament? The the main point um, I want to make is that what if England start their season after other nations? and finish their season after other nations. So so you're already looking at Germany, for instance, starting their training together. And I think the Bundesliga is going to start up before the Premier League for the end of the season, which therefore, does that mean that they'll be able to start sooner and start maybe in August as opposed to the Premier League maybe in, in September or October? Um, and, and the point then being that, A, does that mean that you have to cram a load of games in And you can suffer from burnout. Um, B, does that mean that you you cut out international fixtures, um, whereas maybe the Germans have time to do that? Um, And and the other thing, obviously, C being, does that mean that the season finishes two weeks before the tournament starts, whereas the Germans have a whole month? Um, And that, and uh, it depends. It's all, it's buts and maybes because England might. start before Spain or start before France or Italy or something like that and in which case we're looking at that as as a potential positive but um, I think that is is one of the potential negatives for England
0: in terms of when will that season actually finish yeah that's a a completely good point because obviously if different countries are beginning and start and ending at at, at different times then some may have an advantage in terms of fitness you know England has to cram so I mean The Spanish season does tend to start, it normally starts a lot later than the Premier League season. So that is, that's one aspect, of course. um, Germany seems to be over the worst of it, obviously. They're trying to, they're they're beginning training, so they could be able to almost have a completely normal domestic season, which would give them uh, an advantage because obviously their players um, can have more of a break in terms of...
1: The Spanish season, if you said that, that starts later, does it doesn't finish later does then? Because obviously you got the Champions League usually at the end. So does, does they just play more midweek games in the league? I'm,
0: I'm not sure, but I'm not sure exactly their their schedule. But I, I remember it might be because I, does their top division have only 18 teams in it? I'm not sure. Um I'm not sure off the off the top of my head, but I I know that the Spanish season usually starts. I think in more in September, whereas obviously the UK we start at the beginning of. The beginning weeks of August so again it's not a huge difference but you know at the end of the season it could make all the difference in terms of how much uh, of a break the teams get it's it really is all up in the all up in the air because because of the virus I mean what if you get put into a situation where we're still we, we even contemplate having to postpone or push back the euro 2021 because this domestic seasons are starting so late you know However many months, more than more than half a year to be able to get the extra games in. Um, I mean, right now, you're talking about finishing the season by playing a game every three days. It'd be a lot easier to do that over, say, six months or nine months. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of interesting points. So so generally, just to summarise, do you think it's, it's a positive or a negative that from, from an England point of view and potentially winning the competition? Do you think we're, we've got more of a chance of doing that in 21 or do you think we had a better chance of doing it in uh, in a couple of months time? I think uh, overall it's more of a positive for England you know you've got players like Kane coming back from from injury you've got the younger players getting more experience I think that will give the and you know if they can, can carry that form into next season you know it gives England a really good chance and they have a huge number of players that they'll be able to choose from. Um, what, what about you do you think it's more of a positive for England?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do definitely. I, I, I thought so when I was going through the points and jotting them down on a, on a bit of paper and trying to think, uh, especially of those young players who, who I think, especially the likes of Foden and potentially Greenwood, could be um, really exciting. Um, but it's all, like we said, we don't know. We predict what happens at the beginning of the season. We don't get it right. Um, and certain players we think will do well don't. Certain players that we don't even consider uh, this time next year we could be talking about in our preliminary... 2021 squad. Hopefully, in a year's time, we're doing a podcast on the Euros on 2021, um, and that's all going ahead. Um, but no, it's a, it's a good, it's a good conversation um, to have had, and it's good to think about international football again because it's uh, not much football to talk about at the moment. full we'll stop, and international football's taken a, a bit of a back seat. And I think it's always good, especially now, to look at. Where England might be, um, and and looking forward to a tournament where we'll now have Euro twenty twenty one, and then a World Cup in winter of twenty twenty two. So, uh, so only only an eighteen months difference rather than two and a half years. So, uh, trying to uh, put a positive spin on the situation.
0: And then actually, I've I've only just thought of the point is normally they have the Confederations Cup the year before the uh, the World Cup starts. So, what's going to happen to that? You know, um, that would, would have been next summer. Obviously, it's quite a meaningless tournament, but it's sort of like a warm up for the World Cup. So obviously, that that's going to have to go. But that, that that's a point of discussion for another time, maybe in uh, when we're discussing right. our England preliminary pre- preliminary squad. Who knows? We might even have Andy Carroll in it. Well, hopefully, it hasn't got that bad.
1: Well, he might step up next
0: season. Well, if he can step up and not get injured, that would be a, rem- a miracle in itself.
1: He could be the man at the, at the forefront of this uh, supposed Newcastle takeover by the, by the richest men in, in football. Um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, right, so we'll, we'll sum that up there then, because we've gone uh, a little longer than we expected to, as per usual. But hopefully this is... Um, been a nice topic away from coronavirus and away from the usual when will the Premier League start when won't it start and all the rest of it so I hope um, you're not suffering too much with lockdown uh, and, and COVID-19 um, keep a smile on your face and uh, stay home and save lives anything to add to Tom?
0: No, no. yeah, Remember to stay home save lives, enjoy the weather but do it uh, responsibly at home and um, we will hopefully bring you another podcast very soon. Thank you very much for listening. That's it from me.
1: Yeah, and same from me. This has been uh, Under the Lights, and uh, give us a like if you've enjoyed it.